We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, how we doing? It is lively. It is lively in here already. We are popping. We are bouncing. Woo! We are, uh, well, you know, I think I think if we start before five after, we've started on time. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. By there, yourself. There. <laughs> we, that's, that's the uh, the Driscoll publishing window of opportunity is top of the hour to 05. Like, you're in there. You're good. You're good. That's right. That's right. We have a... Uh, Different kind of show for this show, yeah. anyway. Of course, everyone's used to mailbags here, you know, on the the Irish Breakdown platform, the YouTube channel, and the podcasts, and all that different kind of stuff. We've seen plenty of mailbags. It's the first time we've done an IB Nation Sports Talk mailbag, so That's it's right. uh, it's on the listeners, the viewers tonight. And uh, before we get started, where did it go? There's a question that I need to oh. ask. Vince, right off the top. Where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Here it is. From John 1A. Had to get in early questions. And this is a big-time mailbag. Vince's last and Sean's first. Is there there breaking (laughs) news? Is there something we need to know? Well, I think he's... Have you accepted yet another job somewhere (laughs) that's going to take you away from us? We had a, a last uh, mailbag on a Friday for me this past Friday. Okay. And so I think that may be where this is coming from. This will not be my uh, last mailbag on the I on the I, IB Nation Sports Talk Show, but the correct. official Friday with no ending mailbag, that I think that ship has sailed, at least during the school year. Once, you know, summer hits or there's breaks or whatever, you have to make an appearance here yeah. or there. But uh, but yeah, now the new job does require me to actually work from the time I get there until the time I leave, unlike my previous job of PE. So, yes. you know, not as much leeway, which, but which is OK. I, I enjoy responsibility. Salty is worried about you as well. So Vince will be here still. <laughs> yes. And kind of depending on how this mailbag goes, we might, you know, we might do this once a week. During the season, yeah. we're, you know, we're kind of kicking it around a little bit as we kind of look at like, what's the content going to look like once we get into the season? And of course, <laughs> that's going to be very soon. We're just 11 days away at this point. We'll just go ahead and remind you right now, smash that like button. If you would, if you want, you know, for the YouTube watchers, smash that, uh, help us out, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff on whatever plat- uh, podcast platform that you happen to uh, watch or listen on. And and don't forget, Brian was in here in, in the YouTube chat just a little bit ago. Uh-oh. Vince and I are not recruiting guys. So ah, good call. Good no call. recruiting questions. Right. Right. <laughs> we're talking football. We're talking about, you know, specific, you know, to right. the team. And, you know, we can look forward with, you know, some different stuff. But, you know, we're 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 mostly talking about this Notre Dame football team. We've got to see them a lot. We've seen a couple of full practices and a lot of abbreviated practices and Yes, stuff like that and so another one tomorrow if i'm not that's mistaken. right that's so, right the next couple of days there will be and yeah. then now with a caveat you will get to see that tomorrow that's, i won't be there because of the fact that they're moving the practices to later <laughs> in the evening yes and school. i will be here so <laughs> because of so, school, so i'm gonna rely on vince to text and or call me with any you know pertinent information that we need to know that comes you know that might be seen at that at those practices so i will do my best sean that's a lot of pressure yes but i will do my best for you 
Yes. All right. Well, we've got a ton of questions to get to. We're still going to do a rapid fire. We've got that plan for oh. later on in the and, show. Can I just say to everybody who you know loves rapid fire, this rapid fire, ladies and gentlemen, is on point. Okay. It's not often that I will text Sean when I see the rapid fire questions. I'm oh boy. We got some good ones tonight. I'm I'm excited about these questions. We could do a whole show on these questions alone. That's this what might say. be the second time that you've ever said I love oh. the questions. Oh. And and I was like I was kind of like I was going back and forth on some different things. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. Hope everybody yeah. else likes the topics that we came up with as well. All right, you want to get started here? Let's do it, man. Pull them up. I'll tell you what, uh, just a little peek behind the curtain. Why don't you pull the questions and I'll star them as they go, as they come down. Okay. So you'll that, put them in sense. and I'll, and I'll punch so them you out. You can just stay at the start area and I'll okay. try to keep us going. Okay. Let's start with this. John 1A, which line's going to be better in 2022? The offensive line or the defensive line? He's going to put us on the spot right away. I'll tell you what, that's a really good question because look, if I'm building a team, I'm starting on both lines and working my mm -hmm. way out, right? There's no question about that. So I think this team is going to be very good. And I think that all starts and finishes with the offensive and defensive lines, right? Oh, my gosh. I If you would have asked me six months ago, I would have said defensive line. The answer line, was a lot easier. Yeah, It really was. It really was. Uh, and I maybe even more so than that, you know, before they rehired, not rehired, but hired again, Harry, he stand, you know, that kind of a thing brought him back, yeah. brought him back. Yeah. If, if they were going to stick with the same situation from a coaching standpoint, I, it's, it's D line, no doubt about it, but things have leveled out and everything that I'm hearing from inside the Goog is that the offensive line is kicking the defensive lines, butt during fall camp. And that's a great sign. And I don't know that it's going to necessarily pan out that way for the entire season, but I really like the way things are trending right now. The safe pick is to say the defensive line. There's a lot of talent on the defensive line. Mm -hmm. I just think the offensive line maybe is more complete one to five, but the defensive line has a ton of depth, but of course they need it because they're going to be rolling a bunch of guys out there, eight to 10 deep, right? right. So they don't need just five. They need eight to 10. And I think they've got it. Uh, but Oh man, but well, we just said it yesterday, Sean. There there are potentially three first round draft picks on this offensive line. There absolutely are. And I don't think that that's a huge stretch to say that. So in 22, I'll take the defensive line, but I really want to say <laughs> offensive line. You know what? And maybe I'm just going off recency bias, but I have just been so impressed with this offensive line because like you said, six months ago, the answer was obvious two days ago or three days ago or whatever it was, the answer was not. And because this defensive line is so talented and because of what this offensive line in a short amount of time has been able to, you know, has been able to raise their game right. with Harry Heastand as the guy. And, you know, like you said, you've got Alton, you've got Fisher, Patterson when he's healthy, you know, Christophic, who still started a bunch of games and really solidified that line. Lug moving inside and, you know, being able to use that size and not having to, you yeah. know, move his feet quite so much and basically just being able to do what he does. I really like this offensive line. I, it's going to, you know, like we were talking yesterday about how Tyler Buckner is going to surprise some people with his passing accuracy. This offensive line is nothing like the offensive line you saw 12 months ago. Or I guess at this point it's even been just nine months ago or whatever, you know, it's, it's very impressive, and because of how it has improved, and not just is holding its own, but winning, being able to win some of those battles with a defensive line, I think yeah. based on, you know, they're not going to be facing each other throughout the course of the season, so I'm going to say that the offensive line is going to be the one that we're, you know, it's, I think it's definitely going to be the one we're talking about by the time the season's over. So I'm going to go with the offense. I have a hard time pushing back on that. I mean, you, I was basically debating it in my own head as I was trying to answer it. So I don't think there's a wrong answer to that question. That's a great question. That's a great yep. question. Trade Coffee sent us two new flavors after my wife filled out their quiz. Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York City and Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters in Massachusetts. 
The black velvet was a dark roast with a note of burnt sugar, graham cracker, and malted milk balls. It was a very rich but smooth flavor that reminded her a bit of her favorite dessert, creme brulee. The Big City French roast was also a dark roast, which is right up my wife's alley. And it was flavored with burnt sugar, baking chocolate, and roasted almonds. The smell in the kitchen while she was preparing a cup of coffee put a smile on my face, and she said the taste was even better and sweeter. And she didn't pick these flavors. They were chosen by trade after she filled out a short quiz. You got to give this a try. And Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, They'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping and handling when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really good one. Let's go with Benjamin. Do football players do any drills that teach them how to fall down on the ground so that they do not get hurt? I know when I played rugby, we had a few drills that we could do. So, like, you know, were there any things that you coach like that? Well, one of the new things that they do defensively um, is they, they have those big donut um, things that they roll out and you got to tackle them, right? Well, the whole point of that is to tackle it and then roll with it, okay? That not only prevents injuries from the defensive standpoint, but also from the offensive standpoint. It's a tackle and it's a roll as opposed to just lowering your shoulder and, and hitting somebody, you know, that kind of a thing. So, so there is that sort of a thing. Um, there are drills that you can do as a wide receiver where you catch the ball and turn your body so that, you know, you hit with your back or whatever. Some of that's more about, you know, ball security than it is about injury, but they show you how to fall so that you don't get hurt. Um, so there is some things. It's not a point of emphasis on a daily basis, uh, but technique and and things of that nature are always right. stressed and 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 touched upon and things like that and that all has to do with player safety so are there specific drills not necessarily but it's the manner in which you go through the drills i think is what is where the safety comes in yeah yeah all right i think that's a good answer i'll just leave it at that i don't have anything to add to that <laughs> here's quinn's question he said, I asked this earlier, but I want your guys' opinion. What's the minimum amount of yards Buckner needs to throw to beat Ohio State? Should we combine this with that other question that you had from Twitter earlier? It was from about, him, actually. Oh, was it also from him? He is the one that sent it to me okay. uh, in my DMs on Twitter. So, believe it or not. Okay, so well, here, I've, I've, got, so. I've got his follow-up question then to kind yeah. of go along with it because let me see where is it um do you think notre dame can throw for under 200 yards and beat ohio state 
like Michigan did. And and I I'll just go ahead and go ahead off, if yeah. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely think they can. And part of it is because what we just talked about, that offensive line, Michigan and Oregon both showed the formula last year to beating Ohio State. Now they're going to have a new defensive coordinator and you know the reason they've got a new defensive coordinator is because of the issues that they had last year absolutely you know some of them specifically against the run but Michigan only threw for 190 yards they ran for just a shade under 300 and 7.2 per carry in that game they also sacked uh, CJ Stroud four times and they held Ohio State you know the defense held them to under 40 towards rushing well Oregon threw for 236, they passed for 270, and again, they held Ohio State to 151. So I don't think it's just about what the offense does that, you know, that's going to obviously play a part in it. I think part of it as well is what the defense does. And like if CJ Stroud has to be one dimensional and he's back there throwing all the time, I think that favors Notre Dame and that defensive front you know the ability to get to him to you know to take him down because a number of those Ohio State didn't sack either Michigan or Oregon's quarterbacks in those games as well so I just you know I feel like with with what Notre Dame is who they are you know mobile quarterback Tyler Buckner who can run the ball now again he's going to be able to throw the ball as well but I, I think that the key to this whole offensively I'm not just saying you got to run, 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 run. But if they if they can run for over 200 yards, I think that gives them a very good chance, no matter how many yards they end up passing for. Marcus Freeman has been very vocal about the fact he wants to be a run-first offense. And right. I have no problem with that whatsoever. You've got a great offensive line. You've got really good running backs. And you've got a very mobile quarterback who can, you know, run the ball with very, very efficiently, right? Do I think they can win throwing for under 200 yards? Yeah, they can. Do I think that's the script for them to win the game? No, I don't. Because I do think that they want to throw the ball. And they want to be a... They would rather have a stat line like Oregon that's more balanced than like Michigan did, right? I mean, I, I think that would be what they would want going into the game. Can they win a game like that? Yeah, of course they can. Um, I just have a feeling that Ohio State is going to sell out to stop the run and shut down Michael Mayer. I think that's one and one B for their defensive game plan, right? Because what has Tyler Buckner shown with his arm and what has these re- have these receivers shown in the past? Nothing. So you're saying, you're saying Ohio State's going to say, Tyler Buckner, you got to beat us with your arm yes. first. And then That's see how that goes. And yeah. if Notre Dame has is going to win the game, I think he does that. And therefore, just because of that, the numbers will be bigger. Yeah. So that's where I'll go with it. Now, I think they will establish the run and they'll be balanced and all of that. But I think from the get-go, they're gonna have to be able to throw the ball. And yeah, and don't don't get me wrong. I'm I, I wasn't trying to say that, well, you know, they're not gonna worry about throwing the ball. All they're <laughs> right, gonna do is right. try to ram the ball down their throat. Right. I don't think that that is the formula. You're right. I mean, the more balanced they can be, the better. But at the same time, as the game goes on, if you're, you know, if you're if you're in the game and you're able to, you know, you're able to run the ball throughout the course of the game, those rushing numbers are going to, you know, continue to go up and you're, right. you, there's a really good chance that you, you know, again, if they get to over 200 yards, like the closer they get to that number to me, that's that's like a big indicator of where oh, they yeah. are in the game absolutely they need to be able to run the ball it's not going to be it cannot be let's put it this way it cannot be an oklahoma state stat line for notre dame it can't be absolutely they're not going to win the game doing that okay and tommy reese knows that michael freeman knows that That, that's not the issue so you're right you're 100 correct the closer they get to 200 yards on the ground the more of an opportunity they're going to have to win the game i just think they will also need to have over 200 yards passing that that's where i'm at Tyler Evans says, do you think Ohio State's coming in overconfident, and do you think that that could benefit Notre Dame in this game? What do you think, Vince? I think the fans are coming in overconfident. I think the Ohio State media is coming in overconfident. (laughs) I mean, the video that Brian shared on the message board earlier today, I think it was earlier today, of these four jokers talking about – well, they were talking about the Oregon – 
Ohio State game from last year and how they were going to win by 50 points and they were going to do all this stuff. They're, they're talking the same way with Notre Dame. I mean, it, you, if you you know came here on a spaceship and just landed and started listening to Ohio State, you would feel like Notre Dame's about to be relegated to an F, FCS team. I mean, it, it's just there's no respect whatsoever coming from the other side. Now, inside the football building, whatever it's called over at Ohio State, I do think that they respect Notre Dame, number one, because I think they respect Marcus Freeman, okay, because of his lineage to Ohio State and all of that. Now, are they confident they're going to win? Sure. But they respect what Notre Dame is bringing to the table, okay? And I, I would be shocked if I heard otherwise. And so I, I will say that everybody outside the football building is 100% overconfident in this game. And we're going to see it when we head out to Columbus, Sean, no doubt about it. But I think the the foot, I think the football team and the program respects Notre Dame, even though they think they're going to win. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's where all the noise comes from, right? right? It, it comes from outside the building between fans and media and everything else. It, you know, it just all bubbles and it fumes and everyone's got their opinions. You know, you've seen the, the stuff going up from different national media people about right. how they think Notre Dame's going to get boat raced in this game and right. you know, some different things like that. Publicly, the now the players are never going to say that, or at least the smart ones would not. But if I were Notre Dame, I would hope that they're being overconfident, you know, that they're buying into, you know, all of the, excuse me, Notre Dame, you know, can't win these kinds of games because we're talking about an sure. elite team now and they never win those kind of games and all that stuff. I would hope that, that that's what Ohio State players are, uh, are, uh, eat right now you know that rat poison that Nick Saban likes to talk about I would hope so but I agree I, you know by and large most of the most of the overconfidence probably comes from from outside there you know they're all going to work and it's a season opener for everybody you know so I think that that kind of comes into play in a first game like this more than anything it's a big primetime matchup and it's the first game of the season so you're going to be excited no matter what. So I don't think from a player standpoint that that stuff is probably, you know, creeping in quite as much because it is a season opener. Nobody's played right. for nine. Months. Right. Right. It's all speculation. It's all, I mean, look, you, yes, Notre Dame lost the Fiesta Bowl, but they put up big numbers offensively. So they're going to have that circled. I mean, you know, Knowles is the defensive coordinator. He was at Oklahoma state. He's got access to all that film. You know, it, there's just too many crossovers. Notre Dame has been too good for too long for them to completely look past Notre Dame as a football program. And so, yeah, I, I fully anticipate that they're taking it seriously, but still think they're going to win. Look, that's Notre Dame players. They're not like, well, we're going to go in there. We're going to give it all we got, but we're probably going to lose. Like they're not thinking that either, you know, right. and I would be upset right. if they were, you know, so I think it, there's a healthy, there, there's some healthy competition getting ready to happen is what I'm hoping yeah. for. All right, from Polly G. Hey guys, love the show. Uh, you, do you think the freshman tight end will be utilized more this year than in years past? I don't. I don't know exactly what that thing, you know thing at the front was, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I I would say that if you added an S to the end of end, I think I would say yes because I think. That you've got tight ends. Yes, I, I I think both tight end freshman tight ends are making a case that they could be beneficial in this offense. Um, you know, schematically, I really do, and I and I think Kevin Bauman is your second tight end right now, and I, I fully anticipate that being the case. I also wouldn't put it past Tommy Reese to have four tight ends on the field, and if he does that, I think two of them are going to be freshmen. Yeah. Uh, and and okay. You know, I, those guys are talented. They look the part. They don't look like freshmen, and they have been doing it all camp. Uh, and we're talking about Holden Stays, and we're talking about Eli Raritan. They were running with the twos uh, the last time we saw them. They look good to me. So I would in no way be surprised if those two got time at some point or another. And it will be more so than – and this is a bit of a blanket statement. I think freshmen on offense – are going to be utilized more this year than they've been used in a really long time. Yeah. Some out I mean, of necessity. Some of it, exactly. That's what I was going to say. But but, but also some out of pure talent. I mean, I yeah. look, I don't care what year it is. Tobias Merriweather is going to play right now. He came into a year where the depth is short at wide receiver, you know, and so he's definitely going to play. Uh, but I think he would have played in a lot of other years under this staff. 
right? If this is two years ago, I'm not as confident, right? But I'm very confident of it this year. So I think we're going to see a good chunk of freshmen out there at some point or another. Yeah. Rarer to, you know, like specific to the tight ends, like when we were watching the 11 on 11 last Friday, we we saw some 12s. Again, it's like guys are are spread out and here's a tight end on this side. Here's a tight end on this side. And now maybe here's a running back and you've got there was just like so many different personnel packages. And we touched on this a little bit yesterday, but Raritan was right in the mix there in a lot of that. You know, so I, I think that you're just going to see a lot of different guys. A lot of it's going to depend on situation, what spot on the field there are, down in distance, all those different kind of things. And they're going to be shuttling guys on and off, I think, yeah. quite a bit. You're going to see a lot of these. So the the easy answer is yes. I, I think you're going <laughs> to see a lot more freshmen than you're used to seeing on offense this year. Yes, uh, agree. It's going to be a symphony of guys going on and off the field. I do think that. I think there's going to be a ton of packages and a ton of things of that nature. Excuse me, um, I, and it, but it's going to be fun to kind of pay attention to and try to figure out. Um, I really do think that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's go back. John wants to know, is it possible for Xavier Watts to be a breakout player on both sides of the ball? And I guess my answer to that would be, I mean, theoretically, I suppose he could because he's going to have a chance to play on both sides of the ball, but... I also think he's going to have a better chance, especially early on. Well, maybe not early on. He's going to have a better chance, again, because of the numbers to play at wide receiver. And I don't think they would have moved him over there if he didn't have uh, a good shot to make a, a, a contribution at wide receiver. I think he could definitely be a breakout guy on that side of the ball. I think that where he is defensively, it's still Brandon Joseph, Houston Griffith, DJ Brown, Ramon Henderson in front of him so you got he's basically number five now there as chris o'leary said yesterday they're going to play a lot of guys at that position but that was part of why i think it was a fairly easy decision to ask him if he wanted to go back over to the offensive side of the ball right you know after the injury and and, and i think it became an easy yes Mm -hmm. as well so could he yes but again he's lower on the depth chart at safety. So I think he's got a better chance to to break out offensively yes. than defensively this year. I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree with you completely. I think as the season wears on, he's going to be more offense than defense anyway, even at practice, because yeah. it's going to be easier for him to make an impact there. And I think he's going to make an impact there. I, I really, really do. And so I, I think that he could be a breakout star or a breakout player on offense. I just don't see it on defense. And I, if he was going to break out on defense, I don't think they move him. If I'm being completely honest about it, I, I just don't think that they move him over. So, um, yeah, I think that would be tough. Interesting question, and I'll let you tackle this first. Oh. David wants to know, how hard would it be for the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator to switch roles? Something something I've never really heard no. before, I don't think. It's a very I... int- interesting question, though. So, my short answer would be if you ask an actual offensive coordinator and an actual defensive coordinator, of course they think they could do the other guy's job. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. From a because and here and here's my reasoning behind why they would say that. Most offensive coordinators and most defensive coordinators have grown up on both sides of the ball. You know, take Brian Kelly, for example, right? He started out on the defensive side of the ball. He was a defensive coordinator. Um, up at um, oh, Grand Valley. Grand, Grand, thank you. At Grand Valley, he was the defensive coordinator there before he became head coach and then kind of took over the offensive side of things and became known as an offensive guy. So guys know both sides of the ball. Um, Chuck Martin was on both sides of the ball at Notre Dame. You know, so yeah, the, it can be done. But if you're asking them to do it for like a game or something like that, that would be extremely difficult because you just don't know the calls and you don't know the system and all of those kinds of things. Right. Like if it was in the course of the season right. and all that of a sudden, like Tommy Reese got sick or something, and it's like, hey, Al, could you go be the <laughs> offensive coordinator? I think you'd elevate, right. You know, you'd, you would elevate some, you know, somebody else underneath them, whether it was McCullough or, you know, because of all the experience McCullough has or, you know, or, or, or something like that. You know, I think that like, you know, like you said, Chuck Martin 
did both. And I think that like in between seasons in the off season, maybe that's a role that you could right. switch because like, if you're the offensive coordinator, you're, you're used to seeing defensive schemes and systems. And how do I attack that? And, and you vice know what versa. is annoying to you and right. gives you fit right. as a coordinator. I mean, like, Oh, well, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So from a schematic standpoint, and then, like you said, you know, You've, you've got assistants so that they can go about teaching a lot of the, the you know, the, 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 the details and stuff like Nothing that. More. And then over time, probably. Yeah. Then, then just because again, like you've been around football so long and you're used to seeing through your eyes, the other side of the ball. So I think from that aspect, you could do it. But like you said, in the middle of the season, you're talking about play calls and all those different be, things. Yeah. That would be rough. I would think that, that would be, be very, really rough. very, very difficult, but yeah, I, Coaches know football on both sides of the ball because if you don't know offense, you can't run a defense and vice versa. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's start with this, and then I'm going to go to another one right after. Brian says, Sean Vince, I know it's the first game of the year, but what's your confidence level against Ohio State? Line as of now has Ohio State plus 16. I actually want <laughs> that number to grow. Let Notre Dame feel disrespected. What's your confidence level, Vince? If we're doing like, a, you want to do like a scale of one to 10 kind of sure, a thing? Sure, let's go one to 10. 10 is the most confident, one is yeah. the least confident. I'm very confident. I'm like a seven in confidence of how Notre Dame is going to play. This is not my confidence level in that they're going to win. It's how they're going to play, okay? If it's a 16-point spread, I'll be the first one to admit, I already placed my bet taking Notre Dame in the points, Okay. Now, I don't bet a lot of money. I do it more for fun than anything else. But I took that bet. I think Notre Dame can get within 16 points. I, I think that is a bit disrespectful. But at the same time, there's a ton. Of, that number has only grown because people are on the other side of that bet. That's what they're taking. Vegas doesn't care what's what. They want it to be 50-50 so they don't lose a ton of money, right? So they're going to continue to grow that line so they can get more people to bet Notre Dame plus the points. They're not doing that right now. And so that line continues to grow, right? Yes. There's just not enough people that think Notre Dame is going to even be in this game at all. I think that they're going to be in this game. I absolutely do. Uh, I, I'm i not saying that they're going to win. And in fact, if August 23rd, if we were doing, you know, our, our score predictions and all that, I would predict Ohio State to win. Would I be surprised if Notre Dame did? No. But I would still pick Ohio State to win. But within the 16. And so that's where my confidence level lies. So I'm about a seven right now, um, but very confident Notre Dame is going to play their game and it's going to be a competitive football game. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. Will they win? I don't know. Are they going to play closer than that 16? I think so. And like you said, Vegas is a little bit different, but you know, it's like you do get some amazed sometimes at how on the nose Vegas It is amazing. Get. Yeah, but like I opened my app and saw plus 15 and a half for Notre Dame this morning. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's easy. I'll, you know, maybe I'll drop a little bit down, but I couldn't get good enough odds, like to make it. The odds aren't very good. That always ticks me off. Cause yeah. like both, both sides, you know, they're, they're playing the even money yeah. right now because both sides, the plus eight, you know, the plus 15 and a half for Notre Dame, the, the minus 15 and a half for Ohio state had minus minus one ten odds. And I've always felt like if you're going to make one team that big an underdog, you need to give better odds. Agreed. You know, for for people who are going to bet on that. You know, well, like, why do I not even want to get, you know, make back when I'm betting on that? You know, right. minus one ten. So right. absolutely, it just makes no sense to me. But yeah, I I completely agree. You know, I, I think this is going to be a much more competitive game than like what Vegas thinks and what a lot of people think. I mean, it is no secret. I, the key to this game is probably going to be Notre Dame secondary against Ohio sure. State's receivers. It's most likely going to come down to that, you know, when Great. it's all said and done. They, they, and and the and the front needs to get pressure on Stroud. He can't just sit in the pocket and do whatever he wants. He throws a beautiful ball. Yes, he's the Heisman Trophy candidate. You know, the leader in the clubhouse. If you look at the betting sites, I mean, he's that for a reason. The kid's really, really good. You can't just let him sit back there and pick you apart. He will pick apart any secondary, let alone Notre Dame's. He'll pick apart any secondary. You have to move him around. You have to make him feel uncomfortable. But again, he was sacked a combined six times in those two losses to Michigan and Oregon last year. And I think Notre Dame's got the front That's, and you know the yeah. defense to be able to do it. But it's all you know. But but it's also why 
like when you when you look at Notre Dame's secondary against their receivers being a question, that that's that's why they have to have a running game. Notre Dame has to have Absolutely. a running game to to use some clock, keep it out of Ohio that, State's hand. Yep. You know, again, yep. it's something they couldn't do in the second half against Oklahoma State, but it's something that I think is going to look a lot different when we see them out there yeah. against the Buckeyes. Agreed. Okay, so now we're going to go negative Nelly. Louise Lee <laughs> wants to know, will Buckner get pulled for Pine if he struggles early to find his footing and they go down a score or two? I don't think so. I- I'm going to go with no on that. It's not going to be a short leash on on Tyler Buckner. I just don't believe that it is. And the main reason I don't believe that it is is because the offense will change drastically and the game plan will change drastically if there's a different quarterback in. Yeah. Just does. Um, and that's not saying that Drew Pine is is whatever. It's just it will change. And they're going into this game with a game plan uh, with Tyler Buckner at quarterback. And so I think they're going to – I mean, look, anybody that says Tyler Buckner is going to go in there and play a perfect game, it's just not going to happen, right? There's going to be missteps along the way. Could Notre Dame find themselves down a score or two? Yeah, absolutely. But what kind of faith does that show in the kid you just named a starter if you're going to pull him right away based on that right there if they go down a score or two? Oh, you're done. Like – I, that's not right. good. Oh, we're do down that. by 10 points in the first quarter. Right. Let's go to Drew Pine. That's that's not that. that's not how this is set up because no. then you might as well, you know, go back and and to, to 2016 and and have Deshaun Kaiser and Malik Zaire splitting, you know, splitting right. reps, their their co-starters. And how'd that, that work point. out for them? Yeah, that you was that mean? was a total train wreck, and that's what this would be. It's like you you Tyler Buckner's not getting pulled from this game. It doesn't matter. Right what the score ends up being. He's not getting pulled from this game. The only way he's coming out of this game, you know, it is, you know, if some kind of injury right. were to occur, you know, that's the, they, they named him the starting quarterback for the season and not just for the first half against Ohio right. state right. or, right. you know, like, and, and again, like to me, Tyler Buckner was clearly the guy. There are some nice things that drew pine does. Tyler sure. Buckner is clearly the guy to lead this offense though. No question. And I, I, I will say that you, me, Brian, Ryan, you know, the whole IB family, we, we all are, you know, we're on the Tyler Buckner bandwagon. I know there's some other outlets that may not, may not be as much as we are, whatever. I don't care. You don't pull him in this game. The only like injury, or if it's the last couple of series and the situation is no longer in doubt and you want to get the twos in or whatever, you know, you, right. you know, like if it does turn into a blowout right. in the fourth quarter, that's a different story. Right. Then. Exactly. But as long as the game is still competitive and Notre Dame has their ones in number 12 is going to be behind center. I, I fully believe that. And if you don't, you're not only going to shake the psyche of Tyler Buckner, but of the entire offense as well, because as an offensive player, you've been told all along, this is your leader. This is your guy. Oh, but we're going to pull him if we're down 10 points. Like L- Louise Lee says, great point, guys. Didn't mean to be negative. And I was just having fun with yeah, it. Yeah, it's all good. It was, like, it was like the first, you know, again, I just feel like we're conditioned to, like, it's the BK PTSD. Let's, let's see how this thing plays out before we start running through doomsday scenarios, <laughs> you know? Well, and the other thing I is, just, Ohio State's a really, really good team. We can't forget that. Ohio State's really, really good. So if Notre Dame struggles early against a really, really good team, you're just going to throw in the towel? Might as well put the number two guy in. You know, yeah. like, I just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, salty Virginia peanuts, if we're down by a lot early and anyone's getting pulled, it would probably be someone on defense, and I would have to <laughs> Might not agree be with that. that. You know, you know, not, like that's the thing, too, is you know, I talked about – this before like any other position on the field if a guy's having a bad night you can just yank him out of there and most people aren't going to notice but won't even notice. quarterback it's a completely different story right you know you yeah, have absolutely. to worry about like you said psyche and all these different things and then you know questions about who's the guy going nope. forward it, and it you know everything the story else. of the game right i mean the first question out of anybody's mouth if he gets pulled right in a, in a competitive situation he gets pulled the first question in the post-game press conference is uh, coach, who starts next week? Like, that's all they're going to care about for the yep. whole week, right? Because we've yep. seen it before with Brian Kelly. We've seen it. This has happened, <laughs> you know? Yep. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Matthew wants to know, do you think Freeman will ask to receive the ball first if he wins the toss? Do you per- prefer that he defer? You know, we are used to 12 years of Brian Kelly taking the ball right off the bat. I don't think Marcus Freeman has been asked this question. I can't remember in the Fiesta Bowl who even won the coin toss in that remember. game and, and what the decision was. But, I, you know, I I don't know. I, I think that'll may, you know, maybe yeah. be a, a good question for next Monday, oh. <laughs> potentially. Or, to be honest, I, I think it will – because if we're <clears> – <throat> this question is obviously asked because, like you said, Brian Kelly always wanted to take the ball. And I get that. But to me – there's no right or wrong answer, but I do think it depends on the matchup. Okay. If I think I've got the better offense and I want to get some points on the board, I'm going to take the ball. Right. If I think I've got the better defense, I want my defense on the field first. And then I want to have, you know, an opportunity at halftime and all of those different things that come with deferring the, the option. So I think it's a game by game decision, to be honest with you in this particular game of Ohio state, the best offense on the field until we know different is Ohio State. Do I really want them on the field first and potentially go down and put some points on the board and before Notre Dame's offense even hits the field, it's 7 to nothing. Do I really want see, that? But see, I could see it on the other side where I would say, well, I'm going into the road in this hostile environment and I would want the ball to start the second half you know, so that whatever happened in the first half, I can kind of reset momentum and that kind of thing. See, so, there you go. And, I think and everyone just looks at it from a yeah. different lens. You know, right. everyone's got their own reading, and there's there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. We just don't know what Marcus Freeman's answer is going to be until he's in that situation, though. Right. All right. <laughs> no, this is great. You got to pull this up real fast. Number okay. one in defense says there is a wrong answer. Deferring is the only chance in this sport to score twice in a row. Well, that's true. With turnover, well, yeah, I was going to say, with the exception of interceptions, yeah, I mean, or fumbles and kickoff yes, returns, you, you, you and, have, but who's who's going to say that you're going to have the ball last in the first half? That's a gamble, obviously. So I don't know. I think there is, there is no right answer to this. I I guess I have to disagree with you on that one. Number one, yeah. All right, thank you, number one ND fan. I was just putting up Coleman's Yes, question. all right. Out of all the freshman linebackers, who do you think is going to have the best career at Notre Dame statistically? Very good freshman linebacker. Very good freshman lineup. And I think you might see some of those guys, you know, yet this year. Um, but if we're talking statistics alone, we're talking tackles, right? This all this defense and most of the defenses that exist funnel everything to the inside. And who's going to be that inside linebacker moving forward? That is number 44, Junior Turialamaka. And he is really, really good. He'll probably start as a sophomore. He'll get at least two years, if not three, starting at middle linebacker on a really good defense. He's going to rack up the tackles. He will he could have up 400 tackles by the time his career is over. He'll have a million tackles, but like I look at a guy like Jalen Sneed with all that length and athleticism playing out there on the outside, and I go, man, this guy has got it, you know, like tackles for loss, sacks he can be on, you know, interceptions, all these different things that he can do. So he might not end up with a million tackles like Tui Alamaka, which, you know, I agree with, with what you're saying there about him. I think like when you look at the entirety of the stat sheet, though, I'll go with Sneed. Okay. Because of just everything that he brings, you know, the blend, you know, again, the blend of speed, athleticism, and just everything else playing over there on the outside. Great answer. Love it. All right. Oh, where do we want to go next? We, I think we just. <laughs> Clutch. What is the IB team seen under Freeman that gives confidence Notre Dame will show up on the third, unlike the BK flop best? <laughs> well, obviously, he's talking about the big game flops that 
occurred quite frequently under Brian Kelly and did a lot of really great things, but the big games were not his thing. And I, I will say from what I have seen is the difference between the old regime and the new regime is that the head coach has a finger on the pulse of his team way more so than the last head coach. He just does. And, you know, it's, he works out with them every day. He's around, you know, we, we've heard many, many stories about there was no Brian Kelly in the offseason. He just wasn't around, right? Marcus Freeman's around. These guys want to play for Marcus Freeman. And I'm not saying they dislike Brian Kelly. I'm not saying that at all. It's two completely different coaching styles. Marcus Freeman will have no problem getting guys up for big games. I Of that, I have zero worry about now in-game decisions and things like that that still remains to be seen but being fired up from the jump getting excited hearing that pregame speech all of that I fully anticipate Marcus Freeman's got that on lock I have no problem seeing that yeah I think this is now again how do you actually see intangibles you can't see them you know because they're intangibles by definition you can't see them but I would say that the observation I have with this team through camp compared to Brian Kelly team, this is a, you know, like Kelly's teams were, were focused on details and all that, you know, they, I I will, I'm not going to take that away from them. Sure. This team though, the Mark, the first Marcus Freeman team that we have seen is loose, but focused like they, you know, because of all the things that you talked about, the way Marcus Freeman interacts with them, they, they seem to, you know, and their assistant coaches as well. We talked about that young coaching staff that they right. have. They, they, you know, they, they are, you know, they're not out there. They're not, they're not tense. They are loose. They're, they look like they're enjoying themselves maybe a little bit more than in the past, but at the same time, they are still very focused on the task at hand. You know, they're not just out there screwing around kind of loose They're You know, they're still very focused on learning the tools of their trades. They're doing their jobs focused on details and the execution has been really good. So I think that that's what kind of stands out to me is just the fact that, you know, you can still, you can still be a very focused attention to detail football player and football team while also, you know, kind of having that, you know, that, 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 that sort of looser upbeat mentality when you're out there. We didn't always see that. Yeah. It's a focused intensity and and, and it's fun to watch to be honest with you. And the whole practice feels that way. There's no walking around there. And I will also say that you, you talked about the coaches being loose. There's something to be said for that, because I think there were some assistant coaches that were walking on eggshells around Brian yeah. Kelly. Brian Kelly was a scary dude. And it was very clear what happens if you cross him and do something he doesn't like, you're going to get fired, right? Chip Long wanted a change at the offensive line coaching situation. Well, guess who stayed and guess who went, right. okay? So right. that tells you right there. So there was a lot of eggshell walking, I think, even on game day uh, around Brian Kelly. Well, and, you know, speaking of that, that's what I was going to say about the offensive line. Like you talk about the assistants being loose and it made me chuckle right away because the least loose guy on the field is the offensive line coach. But I don't think anyone's got a problem with that, including the offensive linemen, because they are all very right. complimentary of Harry stand, and they know that he is making them better. Like you can hear it when what they talk about, you can hear it right. in what other position groups talk about. Like the running backs have been asked about Harry stand. You know, the defensive line coach and defensive linemen have been asked about Harry stand, and they all love and appreciate what he is bringing on a daily basis. But he, you know, again, it's like it's not a knock. He's the least loose guy on the field, but that position group is going to be the most improved since last year. When you know when they step out there on the field, absolutely. So that's just what it is. All right, Stymie says his special teams been discussed yet. How are the coverage teams shaping up? It'd be nice to make opponents play an honest, full field possession, uh, full field every possession. Um, you know, we haven't got to see a whole lot of that, and I'm actually kind of surprised that you know they, you know, we didn't get like more looks at special teams we used to get because that's kind of what we used to get shoved down our throat with the yes, last. Yes, yes, all we ever saw was special teams. Right, but all, all I, I will say about that is, 
And it was funny because some of us on, it was after Friday's practice, it was Brian Mason and the specialists that we got to talk to, you know, the special teams coordinator, Brian Mason, were walking out the door after he got done talking. And it's like, wow, I just heard more actual useful information about special teams than I have heard at least in the last five years, you know, and like he talks very specific, you know, like he, he's talked about punt block he's like you know people don't practice punt block enough and it's about how do you make the punter have to move a little bit because they're not being pressured that much because not enough people come after him you know things like that like he's not telling you how he's going to do it he's just going to tell you we're going to disrupt the punter make no doubt about that so you know again like you know we talk about the offensive line but you're going to see i think a much different looking special teams units across the field under mason when they go out there too and I, and I will also say, based on the discussion <clears throat> that we had with him and, and the specialists as well, everybody just needs to pump the brakes on being worried about the kicking game. That's, that's, all, that's what I'll say. Because it was in a shambles in the spring because the majority of the people that will be participating in the kicking game were not there. They didn't exist. And from somebody who deals with kickers and holders all the time if you don't have a good holder your kicks are going to be garbage right and that was kind of the case in the spring there and and brian mason addressed this he said look we had a kid in there who we knew wasn't going to be the holder once the season started he was kind of taking one for the team and kind of learning on the job etc etc that's not an easy thing to learn overnight okay and if you don't get good holds you don't get good kicks things are nice and settled down the consistency is there. I just want everybody to take a breath when it comes to the kicking game. That's that's what I'll say. I agree. I agree. Again, it's going to look a lot different yeah. out there. Um, interesting question here from Seven Mules, and we'll kind of start winding down a little bit because we're not going to you know, do the uh, the two-hour <laughs> mailbags like we talked about. I still got to cut the rest of my grass, John. That's right. We got rapid fire. You were bragging about oh. the rapid fire questions. We got to get to those still here in a minute. Um, seven mules. How much do you think the Irish media suffers from that's not the way I would do it, or that wasn't the way it was done here when reporting about this team? I'll just say this I don't read other people's stuff, you know, like I might see tweets and stuff like that because everybody follows each other for the most part on Twitter, you know. So, like, I see the tweets and those kind of things, you know, I don't spend a whole really any time reading other people's, you know, especially at this time of year because I'm too focused on trying to get my own work done. Uh, but I will say there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of good guys on the beat who have been here for a long time and know their stuff. So, you know, there was a coach who was just here for a dozen years. So right. if that's kind of what you're referring to, I mean, there is a difference, you know, there, there is a difference when you change head coaches. So, you know, again, not knowing specifically what you're talking about. I can't really go much deeper than that. Vince, I don't know if you have any other answers. Not much deeper. It's just I would say it's the guys that have been established on the beat for a really long time. They're stuck in their ways, just like any other older person. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, might resemble that. Uh, I mean, there. I'm far behind you. So, I look, I, I've been covering this team since 2004. There, there's – I've seen – what What have we seen? Uh, Sean, one, two, three, four head coaches? Does that sound right? So – that a lot of things have changed. Willingham, Weiss. This is the fifth for me. Uh, is it? Because okay. I started with Bob Davey. Ah, so. okay. So you you were yeah. here. Yeah, that's right. Technically um, six if you want to count O'Leary. George O'Leary. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, look, when you get used to certain things, it takes a minute to adjust, just like anybody. And so I think that's where I would see it. Maybe it took a minute for some guys to adjust and things like that. But they're on board. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's an issue. No, I don't either. Uh, Irish AJ, was self-preservation being of the utmost importance for TB12? I didn't even think about that. Tyler Buckner, Tom Brady, both of them were 12. Do you think Marcus Freeman or Tommy Reese has had the conversation with Buckner running out of bounds, sliding, etc.? He was a bull in a china shop last year. I don't know specifically that they've had that conversation. I think maybe it's been touched on. Right. You know, maybe like back in the spring, some of that stuff might have come up with, you know, Freeman and Reese talking with the media and those kind of things. I would think that that has to be, you know, you at at any quarterback, you want him taking as few hits as possible. So I would think that that conversation 
had to come up. You're not just a package quarterback now. Right. You're exactly. the starting quarterback. You got to know when to get down. You got to know when to throw it away. Those kind of things. Well, and, that, and that's I think that's the exact point. He wasn't the starter last year. There was right. no chance really of him being the starter because if Jack Cohn went down, Drew Pine was going to be the starter, and Tyler Buckner would con- still continue to be the package guy. So they probably didn't have that conversation. Hey, Tyler, go out and play. Go have fun. Like, you know, that's that's pretty much what it was. Well, things are different when you're QB1. So uh, I'm sure that conversation has been had. It's different, though, when it's live and things are going, you know, a million miles an hour, whether you're going to slide, whether you're going to go out of bounds, all of those different things. But I am like 99% sure that that conversation has taken place because if it hasn't, that is a that would be surprising to me. So I'm sure he they had it. We'll see if it sticks. I agree. I'm looking through. I think we're just about there. There's one or two that I don't think we're going to get to tonight, but, but I did just jot one down that we can use as a, as a rapid Ooh. fire at, at some point here in the next couple of days. Love so, it. yeah, um, we'll just we'll, we'll just go with this last one. Do you expect Notre Dame to be able to get a home with four man rushes at times? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think but, they're going to mix it up. There's they're yeah. still going to blitz, but with what they have. Yeah, there are times they're going to be able to. I agree. Final one, John, I want to see the team be ready to compete for four quarters. I can live with the loss. Just show up in the third, ready to leave it on the field, please, and thank you. Could not agree more. I, I think that that's setting the bar even a little bit low for me. I I want them to be – I want this to be a competitive game through the fourth quarter. I mean, that's that's my expectation. I, I, I'm not expecting a Notre Dame win, but I am expecting a competitive game, and it needs to be competitive the whole game. So I, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah, Corey wants to know what's up with Prince Cully. Yeah, he was out for a little bit, but he was he's been back the last few days, so he's back out there. And I, I want to say he was with the twos. That Does that right. sound right? Yeah, no, that On sounds Friday. right. It, it's hard to say because we don't know what Al Golden is going to do. As see, that's the thing. You know, we've talked about that. There's so much mixing and matching still right. with those linebackers. Sometimes you don't know who's a two, who's a one, and exactly. Right what's we, going on we don't so. know what that rotation is going to be like could he be a part of that rotation yeah because he's in the two deep i believe and so he could be part of that rotation we just don't know what that rotation looks like yeah so he's not going to start not yet no not quite there not quite there all right great stuff tonight appreciate all your questions in the mailbag tonight we went for you know pretty much an hour with that and we had a lot of great stuff and again there's one or two that i'll Uh, throw in with some rapid fire later in the week but we're going to wrap it up with that don't forget hit that like button rate review subscribe all that great stuff we appreciate it it helps out irish breakdown quite a bit and uh tyler thank you as well we'll uh of course have two more shows this week and i should mention this saturday morning at 10 o'clock we're going to have our first game day show we're going to do kind of a preseason game day show. Every Saturday morning at 10, Vince and I are going to have a, a Notre Dame game. But we haven't come up with an official name of the show yet, but uh, we're going to have basically, you know, pregame game day type show, 10 o'clock every Saturday morning, right here on the old channel. Uh, we're going to do it. We're going to start with this Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, kind of doing a season preview and, and that kind of thing. So we'll have our first Saturday show, 10 o'clock this Saturday morning. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys show show up. It's going to be a different kind of a pregame show than a lot of other people are doing. And uh, we're going to have it at the same time every Saturday, which is going to be different. So 10 to noon every Saturday that there's a Notre Dame game, but including next Saturday. so Including this Saturday as well. Yep, Yep, that's right. Exactly. So make sure you guys tune in because it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for the season to kick off. It seems like as we get closer, time starts to slow down. That's what it feels like to me. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow then. In the meantime, on IB Nation Sports Talk.
Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.